Hi, Kathy. Hi, Don. So I feel like we haven't been recording in a little while because Sophie's been really working hard on the last episode that we posted or the last two episodes that we've posted and so much has happened uh so much has happened um out in the world and so much has happened with us personally and uh this is a perfect time to uh talk about it can i tell you i'm feeling terrific are you i'm feeling so terrific well i'm donna and (laughs) (laughs) i'm not feeling as terrific as kathy but um you're feeling terrific because you're back on your hips. I'm, I'm back on my hips. And the doctor said you could be on the roller uh, <laughs> I can derby. I do roller derby team. <laughs> you can, yeah, but ice I'm gonna, skate. I can choose not to, but I'm going to the grocery store and I am like rocking the aisles. I'm doing it. Right. Without your English accent, I hope. It's all physical. I just keep <laughs> quiet and look good. That's what I do. So... It's hard for me to not mention this considering that it's on everybody's minds uh, lately. It's that hashtag me too um, thing that's going on. And I just want to say that uh, that's a whole other podcast, but uh, we did talk about boundaries. Uh, We did talk about that stuff, sexual harassment um, in our boundaries episode. And it's just a subject that is um, so prevalent in Mm. our society that I want to kind of shelve the bigger issue about that. Yeah. But uh, talk about it in the future. But that did lead me in my mindset about the stuff that um, came up that you and I talked about at length, kind of, I used you for therapy and I know you're thinking I'm being too long winded. So I'm just going to get to the point, which is that the theme in my life lately we talked about is accountability oh good so good yeah so the hashtag me too kind of started me in that Mm. um, mindset of accountability and then some personal things happened um that Mm -hmm. also seemed to perpetuate that theme so i'd like to talk about that yes absolutely uh, today and um i also wanted to it's a it's a kind of a heavy subject because i feel like in my personal life, I have witnessed people who have not taken, not taken, excuse me, um, any responsibility for things that have happened to them. And I'm not angry or disappointed. I just feel sorry for them. And there are people who are not in my life uh, for reasons on a professional level and a personal level, mostly because they, I feel that they've lacked a sense of self-awareness. Okay. And so um, that, you know, that's kind of a bummer. So uh, considering that Sophie was really uh, um, astute in her observation that we had very low energy the last time we recorded, uh, I wanted to not be long winded and low energy. So I tried to think about um, funny things that might have to do with the subject at hand. And, uh, just talking about it in general about accountability Mm -hmm. um this uh this story that i wrote 
uh, recently and finished, and I've shared this story with some of our friends, so if you're listening and you already know the story, then you have inside scoop on the real essence of Kathy. Can I just, oh, the essence of me. <laughs> I was waiting, I was about to say how proud I am of you. Oh. Because we also talked about on our last session about you writing. Yes, that and is using, true. You did and give so me homework. So I think that was a real motivation. So I just uh-huh. want to say, I don't know if I should regret saying that now that I know that I'm being <laughs> and kind that's of what targeted, I but I'm going to be a good listener today and I'm going to let you share your story. Yeah. So this is, um, it's kind of a roundabout way, but it's kind of, it's fun. Oh, so, uh, so buckle in. Okay. okay. Cause there, it's a long, Click. it's a long uh, journey to get to the punchline. <laughs> Sounds like my jokes. So I thought, so I thought, so I thought I needed. So I thought, so um, so, so, so Felix so bored already. I don't have punchlines <laughs> to jokes. Oh, okay. So okay, go ahead. Work. Okay, right. that's a perfect time for you to do this. So, um, years ago, many years ago, I established a tradition with my father that after the two weeks of hell in the theater of Holiday Nutcracker. Um, I usually only had one or two days before Christmas Eve to actually get everything done. And at a time when you lived with me and your, your children lived with me, um, it was, uh, suddenly there were children in the house. And so suddenly these Christmas things mattered and I really could give a shit, but with little kids, you always want to do stuff. You so, um, also during this time, I didn't get enough quality time with dad. So we kind of made a tradition that my first day off after the stupid nutcracker, we would spend the entire day doing my errands. We would make, um, we would make a whole day of it. Actually, side note, the previous year <laughs> was the year that dad and I went on like a bad food tour during this errand. And in the middle of the night, I ended up in the ER because of oh the gallbladder attack. Yes, I remember. Um, so that was the previous year. But this year, this particular year, um, Donovan was four years old. He was four going on five. And he was uh, put into kindergarten just we knew that he was not going to survive public school but because the psychiatrists the social workers the psychologists said you really have to put him in a quote unquote normal environment so that you can actually diagnose and put him in the place where he needs to be right so um we okay we just you know buckled in and we drove him personally delivered sometimes he would take the bus sometimes he wouldn't take the bus uh to this special school or to excuse me public school so um at that same time you got a job as a consultant in the prison system Mm -hmm. because we actually had a family friend very high up in the new york state prison system correctional blah blah Mm blah who had a very difficult case with a deaf man yes Yes. who um uh for I don't want to get into it I don't want to get into no, it but, but for some reason I guess I I, <laughs> I guess I can handle difficult deaf people <laughs> the most difficult inmates in New York State right so he reached out to you and said yeah. New York, if New York State engaged you as a consultant yeah could we could you take this on well of course you needed the money and of course you were compelled to help this person out 
But what that meant was when you went to the prison, you weren't allowed to have your cell phone on you, which meant that I became the emergency contact for Donovan. And my work was flexible enough to allow me to leave at any time to go pick up Donovan for whatever meltdown happened that day for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. And I'm very grateful to that for that opportunity. I know a lot of people don't, but I did. And I'm really happy for that. So um, on this particular day, Kathy goes off to work and I uh, called dad and I'm like, oh, let's do it. And so uh, he said, OK, pick me up on my way to pick him up in the street where he lives. There's something in the middle of the road. Turns out to be a cat that was just hit by a car. Oh my Somebody God. like hit the cat. And, oh, my God. So I get out of the car because of Donovan. I always had stuff that could handle puke. I had <laughs> towels and wipes and and garbage bags. So I get out and I get a garbage bag, and this woman comes crying out of a neighbor's uh, yeah. house, uh-huh. and she was hysterical. And I said, "Is this your cat?" "No, it's not my cat, but I've seen the cat." And she was just inconsolable. I said, "Well, I'm my parents live right down the street. Uh, I'm going to carry the cat to." And she goes, I'll do it. Just bring your car. So this weeping woman uh, brings the cat to my parents' house. My parents come out and they're like, what is the commotion? Because the woman was wailing. And the cat really did not look like it was savable. Oh, it was sad. It was struggling. It was so sad. Struggling, struggling to breathe. Uh Struggling like bad. Dad and I looked at each other like, okay, so we're probably going to have to put this thing out of its misery, this poor, mm-hmm. poor baby. My mom was just focused on, our mom was focused on the woman who was making yeah, a crazy right. Right. scene. And she ended up starting to cry about her own relationship. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> she was like, my, my boyfriend doesn't understand me. And it's all about the dead cat. And it's, yeah, right. And my mother, and I was like, okay. Mom was like, and she was like, do you mind if I come inside? It's cold. Oh, my God. And mom just gave me a look like, yeah, thanks. (laughs) And dad and I looked at each other like, you do it. No, you do it. And then while we were kind of arguing with our eyes, the cat passed. Oh, the kitty cat. Poor little thing. And so another neighbor came by because she heard the commotion. Right. And he said, this is a feral cat that was in the woods. Oh. So we're like, felt even worse. Yeah. yeah. And my dad was like, the ground is frozen. And the guy said he actually works construction. He was like, you know what? I'll take the cat. I I have equipment that can, you know, the ground was frozen. But that's how we started our day. Right. And dad and I was like, let's get the hell out of here while mom's with the crazy girl. (laughs) And so we were like, bye, bye, mom. Bye, see you later. Gotta go. So that's how we started. And we were both like, wow, that was weird. It was so weird. We had to Macy's in the Macy's parking lot. It was one of those typical Christmas almost having an accident things dad's yelling at this lady you almost hit the car and she was like that was my parking spot it was crazy but we managed to get inside macy's we're now in macy's we go our separate ways we meet back at the cash register dad gets into an argument oh my god with the person online it's like holiday hell while i'm online the phone rings it's donovan's kindergarten class can you come pick up donovan he's having a really bad day well so you drop everything. And I'm now like 20 minutes south of where we need right, to be. Right, so now right. I'm almost an hour away uh-huh. from D-Man. So I was like, Dad, we got to go. We got to go get Donovan. So 
on the way, um, on the way to pick up Donovan, dad and I talk about your job. And I said that, um, you know, you went in there. Yeah. And I mean, you can maybe talk if you'd like to about sure. it, but sure. it's, so within days you actually helped this man. Oh yeah. So uh, he yeah. was, I mean, I, if I remember correctly, you encountered him. He was like, Oh, he, you know what? He was restrained. It was, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. I walked in there not knowing what to expect. And my job, I had two jobs. One was to be in the basement uh, where you have deaf inmates and blind inmates. And I was on the deaf side and I was a supervisor of the inmates teaching sign language and where the deaf inmates would get their accommodations. And I was in charge of all that. Mm -hmm. So then I worked with another teacher who was in charge of the blind. So, um... I don't want to ruin your story, yeah. so I don't want to yeah, go too don't far. Don't go too far. But yeah, that's I think that's another podcast to to kind of like you know explain that when I walked in there, there's this there was this gentleman who was deaf who was pacing in like a, it looked like a cage, yeah. like a lion, mm. and I walked in and I, and I just he looked at me and he said he signed who the fuck are you? Yeah. I said you're fucking interpreter. You got yeah. a problem? He mm -hmm. was like oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I said, you better just watch it. You know, like I immediately, yeah. and he was like, oh, oh, okay. And that was it. And I left. Mm -hmm. And after that, I think he had a little bit of respect that I wasn't coming in here being scared. Right. I was like, listen, they're calling me on an assignment and you're going to get it. Right. What I liked about the, your situation is that they liked you and they decided to keep you like to teach yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You really went in there for this one specific right. thing, but you ended up making your own path, oh, yeah. which is another subject for a podcast for another day yeah. about making your own path. Right. Everything leads to something. Right. Lily padding. Lily palling. Lily palling. Lily Palling. padding, Lily padding, <laughs> so to speak. Okay. Anyhow, mm -hmm. um, I like the fact that I remember you telling me that they didn't really have a place for you, and they found a desk in a corner oh, with yeah. like a phone. I got. You want me to tell that? No, part? I don't want you to tell that part because you're going to ruin my Your the ending. But the the part was. Um, that you ended up getting phone calls that nobody else wanted oh, yeah. to. They just kept forwarding yes, the line. I always and got, um, you, end up, you were the end of the line, literally. Yes, yes in this, I was. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I imagined like just rotary phone to rotary phone it to rotary crazy. phone. It was crazy. And so you were being bugged by this guy who wanted to talk to one of the prisoners that... Do um, you want me to say No. Here? Okay. One of the prisoners. Right. And you were quite annoyed by it. I was so annoyed. I thought it was so disrespectful. I'm like, the, yeah. you know what? They still have program. Right. They don't, don't want to, you know, people and don't want to. And so you confronted the prisoner yeah. and you were like, dude, I'm not your secretary. And the prisoner said, no, you're not. And he was so. And you so have no. And he I was extremely. I really want to do an impression. You could do it later. Okay. So he was really uh, <laughs> appreciative of how you approached him. Oh, yeah. And, um. And you kind of created a little rapport with this guy as you did with other prisoners. Right. So let's shelve that for a okay. minute. Yes, I did. So dad and I go and pick up Donovan, who really was having a bad day. And I immediately noticed that he was already in different clothes. Um, so that means that he puked because uh, he had crazy anxiety. Oh, my baby. So um, he was in full hysterics when I got there. Hmm. I get him. And usually at that time, we were able to bribe him with Wendy's French fries. And I said... Which is not a good parenting technique. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to just... Because I, I teach parenting. That's not to, what you do. We had to get through the this days. This was a little desperate. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we had to go pick up your car from the... Uh, 
dealer anyway. Right. So we were like, okay, that was one of the errands to do during the day. So dad and I said, oh, okay, let's go to Wendy's. So we, um, I, uh, just as we were pulling out of the parking lot, Donovan throws up again. So the poor kid and dad drove and I sat in the back seat with him after I changed him and cleaned him up and, um, (laughs) the poor kid. (laughs) And, um, by the time we were, you know, five minutes out, he was calm and he was happy to not go and happy to be in his routine with me knowing where we were going to go. Right. And I think that was part of his deal at that time. So we get to Wendy's and it's, you know, Christmas time, lunchtime. Busy. Oh, it was a zoo. Oh, my God. I remember all this now. The drive through line was too long. So dad and I were like, let's just go inside. And I was like, you know, I have to go to the bathroom anyway. Right. So as we go inside, now Donovan is a special needs kid. And he has a little OCD and he has all these things we don't really know about yet. And one of the things is he didn't like strangers looking at him and he certainly didn't like strangers touching him. No, he didn't like that. So as we were walking into Wendy's, um, a worker walked by very quickly and ended up clunking him on the head. Oh, my God. And I was about to go ape shit mm-hmm. when i noticed that that worker had down syndrome oh my god so you can't like, yell at that you can't yell not, at somebody with not dance. no but now i have a screaming hysterical right. oh. donovan and i immediately kind of scoop him up and i said that's okay we're gonna go and like we've just learned when you have a screaming right. child we take him out that's it we just leave that's the it. As we go to leave, poor dad is like, doesn't know what to do. He was very, he was very shaky during these Donovan episodes. Donovan throws up on himself right outside of Wendy's again. But I've already gone through my spare clothes. So now I have to clean him up with what he's wearing. I turn around to go back into the Wendy's and the manager meets me at the door and says, I can't bring Donovan in. Oh my God. And I'm like, who does that? I'm like, uh, I just want to go to the bathroom to clean up my kid who threw up because he's anxious because your employer employee just clonked him in the head. And I'm not saying anything. I just want to clean him up. Well, I just think it's for everybody's safety and comfort. <gasps> oh, that boy. you And I don't know where this woman came from. She was like Listen, an angel I be- from I don't know where. I believe it. All of a sudden, this woman comes like up and like with her energy with her she made crazy eye contact with him and said you're gonna let her and her son go in and clean up you're lucky that she doesn't make a bigger deal about it. i saw the whole thing and then she looked at me and she said i'm a psychiatric nurse oh just my go in God. there how does that happen go in the bathroom how does that happen now i uh, so I go into the bathroom oh and the woman kind of body blocked the manager so I could get by. So we're now in the bathroom, Donovan and I, I'm trying to like, you know, right. sing song, like, it's okay. We're going to be fine. We're going to clean up and then we'll get French fries. And the woman comes in the bathroom and it's hard not to talk about it without crying. I know. It's okay, Don. Well, it's okay. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> It was just the first time that somebody said that. It's okay. That um, she said, I recognize, I recognize your son, um, that you're going to be okay. And this is not going to be the only time you cry. And it was the first time that an outside person had validation, basically, validated, basically labeled Donovan as 
you know, a kid with mental illness. Yeah. It was hard. But she was a she was a doll. She cleaned us up. <sighs> she made us laugh. Got me crying. <laughs> it was hard. It was the that was the first. And so that was a really hard day. So um the lady was great. Whoever she is, wherever she is, I think about her all the time. I could see her face and I swear to God if I saw her in public, I would know who that was. And yeah, that I, was I, like that was more than ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So I get outside and I'm a mess. Donna is a mess. We're both soaking wet. It's December. And um, from, you know, being in the bathroom. And so I was like, Dad, let's just get Kathy's car and get home. So we get in the car and we're about to go through the drive-thru. We're actually in line on the drive-thru. And there was like a little, you know, like a sharp corner you had to go or a sharp curve you had to go through. And this goddamn car came out of nowhere and clipped my car. Oh, my God. Now, <laughs> dad is a Brooklyn. Oh, my God. Italian. <laughs> He's so. A little mafioso. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and a lot of hothead. <laughs> and he was already stressed out. Oh, my God. So dad was like, God. And we both said, we both said, son of a bitch at the same time. <laughs> And I get out of the car because that's what you do. Right. And I motion to the guy to pull over. And he's pissed off because I've blocked his car. He has no choice but to pull over. Right. And it, the guy was pissed off. He was in the passenger seat. His elderly mother was driving. Okay. So I pull next to him and he is screaming at his elderly mother. Oh, my God. You can't do that. You can't, can't do yeah, that. At special. You right. can't Down syndrome. So now- Donovan yeah. and old people. All that stuff. <laughs> Just leave so alone. I get out of the car. I was like, dude, dude, all I want to do is see if, you know, how bad the damage is. He's like, you're, and dad was okay. He was upset, but he didn't say anything. Right. He didn't go to 60, right. you know, zero to 60. Right. Until this guy said, don't worry about your piece of shit car. Oh my, and, and who says we that? We both said, my dad and I both said, my car is not a piece of shit because it wasn't. Right. Um, and, and that's dad. Dad gets out of the car. Oh, my God. The vein. The guy you know, gets like out the of the spreading. car. It's crazy. The guy gets out of the car. Oh, my God. And I just looked at dad and I was like, Donovan's in the back seat. <laughs> Donovan's alone in the car. And dad puts his hands up. And I looked at the guy and I was like, you're lucky I like your mom. And the mom was clearly, oh. clearly upset. Oh. And he was clearly like made oh. her feel worse. I hate that jerk i hate God. total jerk what a dick exactly oh and so i looked at the woman and i was like mom feel bad you have a happy holiday whatever you celebrate oh, wow. and i hope it's not with this clown you know what you just love to light don so you i was, just didn't even notice it i was good pissed, for you though i was i was hot under the collar dad and i are like <laughs> trying to be calm trying to be calm don was in the back seat we're not gonna try so we're like let's just pick up kathy's car so we go to the dealership down the street we pull into a service. We see your car. I said, Dad, I'll drive with Donovan. You can drive Kathy's car back. But just wait here for me. When I go into the service station, there is somebody yelling. You know how the in the service of a car yeah. dealership, there's a glass door that goes into the garage part. Yeah. And there's a guy with his foot in the glass door part. And ev- there's like, 
four men in various places right. with their attention on him. Yeah. So I feel like something's happening. I felt like something's I walked happening? into like a gunfight. Oh my you know, God. like a, a, the OK Corral. Yeah. yeah. Like I just kind of walked right. in and yeah. it was like there was a standoff. Oh, my God. Tumbleweed. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's and crazy. So I was just like, listen for a second. Right. And I realized that the guy was really just yelling at one guy. So this other guy closer to me made eye contact with me over the counter and I said I'm here just to pick up that car and so he's like okay I signed papers we're being quiet there's some kind of screaming thing going right. on and I turn on my heel to go out and I realized that the guy the person who was with that guy moved his car in back blocking my car okay so I go inside <laughs> And I said to the guy who was at the counter, I said, I said, excuse me, whosoever minivan that is that's blocking the car. And the guy who was yelling turned to me and said, you can fucking wait, bitch. Oh, my God. Oh, (laughs) my God. Like, what? I was like, dude, I am a woman on the verge. (laughs) You picked the wrong fucking fight. And I looked at the guy behind the counter. I said, get ready to call the cops because shit is going down. <laughs> and the guy looked at me like, what? And the and so the guy's attention, who was the yeah. asshole, was yeah. facing me. And the guy behind him, who he was yelling at, was giving me the thumbs up. Like, oh, yeah. Like, good this guy. D- so yeah. I had a little encouragement. Oh, that's bad. I felt Don't like, give Don encouragement <laughs> I felt like to, be, I had a little to be a mouthy. And I was like, move your fucking car. Or the cops are going to move me after I beat the crap out of you <laughs> with this chair. And the guy was like, yeah, you better move your car. Too. <laughs> and he was like, who the fuck? I was like, move your fucking car. Oh. And I looked at the guy and I was like, call the cops now. It's going down. <laughs> and I start walking towards him. And I have to tell you, it was 50-50 whether or not I was going to pick up the chair and like my rational brain was like, you can't with do God. this. Your rational brain would have left. I really, left. Oh, oh my God. God. It what was the day. worst. And I was kind of crying from yeah, anger sure. and frustration and all that stuff. And uh, the guy moves his car like, right. and dad, dad looks at me like, what the hell's going? I was like, don't ask. Just don't ask. Get in the car. We're on our way home. We... In the meantime, I have given you a couple of messages. I've called you on your right. cell phone in between, like, Donovan. I had to pick up Donovan. Right. We didn't finish errands. We'll be home early, whatever. I know you can't get this, whatever, just so you know. And uh, <laughs> we get in the car to go home, and we're on uh, 9W, and there's an accident that now has the traffic backed up. Oh, my God. And Donovan can't wait. No. He can't sit in the car. Donovan is antsy. He's unhappy. And so I called dad on a cell phone. And I oh, said, because you were dad, following dad. Yeah, right. Called dad on a cell phone. I was like, dad, this looks like it's bad. Because you could see down a hill and up right. a hill. And you could see, like, right. it just happened. The cops aren't even there right. yet. And I looked to my right, and there's a one-way street. I was like, dad, that's a one-way street. And he's like, I'm on it. Oh my god! So his, so oh his god, you New York City, yeah, his New York yeah. City cab driver instinct. Yeah. He's like, follow me, and I know he was saying follow me because he was just going to take it for the team. Sure, sure. But there was a wide shoulder. Yeah. So we pull in, and we're going. I don't know. It's about a quarter of a mile. Wow. Often one way exit. Right. To avoid this. Well, guess what? Uh, a lot of people followed us. So oh, now, good for like. <laughs> 
So now I'm like, oh shit, we there's no turning back. Right, there's right. no like, okay. Right. So we were navigating back streets oh my God, to get home. This crazy. It was crazy. So we get by the time we get home, Donovan has fall, fallen asleep. Oh. Thankfully. That's uh, I turn the car off. I'm just sitting there. Dad gets out of your car, sits in my car. And we <laughs> sat there like that was the craziest two hours we've ever spent in our lives. Right. We're exhausted. I said to dad, I don't want to go in the house because either there's a burst pipe or there's an intruder or there's a raccoon that's just trashed our house. I'm sure something disastrous is in the house. I don't even want to know what it is. I just want to sit here in the cold. And dad's like, yeah, I don't blame you. I, I feel the same way. <laughs> so we go into the house and uh, Donovan, I carry him carefully, put him to sleep. Dad and I are sitting in the dark and dad's like, you know what? Let's have a beer. And dad oh. was not a daytime drinker. Right. Dad was not a drinker. Right. And I was like, you know what? Let's have a beer. So we're Aww. sitting in the dark, dad. Uh, kind of decompressing from the crazy day. And you come home mm -hmm. and you said, <laughs> you said, I said, why are you home early? And you said, why are you in the dark? And dad and I both said at the same time, don't ask. Right. And I remember just like holding my head in my hands, just feeling beat up as shit. And you said, well, we had our holiday party. And so I was able to leave early. And um, she's like, you know, the, and you said, you know, the, you know the prisoner I tell you about that I'm really friendly with? I, yeah. She said, well, um, David says, tell your family happy holidays. <laughs> and so dad just innocently <laughs> says, David who? And I didn't know who David was. I know that you had been talking with this prisoner that you <laughs> had a rapport with for some time. And you'd always say, oh, I saw David today and David this and David that. And he's so nice. And um dad was like who's david and you said mr berkowitz <laughs> <laughs> and i remember looking at you i knew you had no idea, had no idea. who that was i didn't know who I didn't and you're know. just innocently holding Absolutely. a happy holidays card Absolutely. from someone ziggy card <laughs> <laughs> ziggy card ziggy card from and uh, and i Mr. said berkowitz. to dad i looked to dad and i said dad um the son of Sam just <laughs> wished us happy holidays today. <laughs> and we howled, laughed until we cried and we cheers to that. And uh, I said, Kath, do you, do you know who David Berkowitz is? And you said, no, well, I know he's in the prison where I work. And then dad was like, the goddamn son of Sam. The goddamn son of Sam. Now, how this, how this story? <laughs> well, now that it's been many years, and now I it's been it. many years, and I made you watch movies, and uh, I told you who didn't, it was. Doesn't change, doesn't right? Change. And so, uh, talking about accountability is after I told you who David Berkowitz was. Yeah. Um, I remember that you kind of didn't care. Yeah. About his history. I, I mean, I, I well, obviously you care, care but, but it didn't change. Didn't your it change my opinion of no about how you no. interacted with him? No. And you said to me, listen, he was, if I could say this. Yes, you can. You can. It's uh, yeah. A sexually abused. Yeah. Undiagnosed. Yep. 
unmedicated schizophrenic crazy family crazy family locked in the attic or whatever and now many years later Mm -hmm. he feels accountable for he's so accountable and i find it interesting because um chris and i are you know he does a lot of horror conventions yeah and there's there's one thing about horror movie fanatics. Yeah. There's another thing. There's a yeah. lot of serial killer yeah, collectors. Not, I, I've never been into it. Right. And I remember Chris for a while was like, should I make Charles Manson stuff? I'm like, I find it not. I, I, I don't like it. Yeah. I. But um, I, I think what it, what's great. I, I just want to yeah, segue. First of all, you told that story. Phenomenal. <laughs> that was phenomenal. You had me, even though I know the story, is that I about accountability is this is we were talking about me getting an office and I always got phone calls and how it started was I got this phone call and uh, this guy from California says, uh, can I speak to David Berkowitz? And I'm like, no, you can't. This is, I'm not his secretary. Right. And he's, and at this point you didn't know who he was. I didn't know who he was. could have been, can I talk to Joe Schmo? Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. Right. But I just knew that, no, they've got, he's got a job, you know, even though people think that they're in it, they have, that's their life and they have things. And if you want to contact him, you have to go through the proper channels. But I was, this guy was really persistent and he was really rude. I said, you know what? I said, even if I did give you the phone, I don't think he'd want to talk to you because you're really rude. And I don't think he wants, you know, I said, mm-hmm. please don't call here again. So I hang up the phone. I'm doing my work. And this gentleman, now imagine just a regular metal desk. This gentleman, he's older gentleman. He looks like Maurice from uh, from Beauty and the Beast, the the dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he's got the <laughs> yeah. big yeah, he's got yeah. the big glasses, the balding. Yeah, and he goes, and this is what he sounds like, and, I'm <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Miss V. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm David. I'm David Berkowitz. I'm like, oh, hi, David. How are you? I'm, I'm, you know, Miss V. You can call me Miss V. He's like, yeah, I know. I just want to say thank you so much. He sounded like Mickey Mouse. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm listening to Mickey Mouse. And he's like, I just want to thank you so much for the phone call. And I just looked at him and I'm just like, no problem. Like, he's like, and I'm not going to do his voice, but he yeah. does sound like Mickey Mouse. And, I, and he says, you just have no idea why people call me. Uh, because they think they can make money off me. It's yeah. not something I want to exploit. Well, there are a lot of yeah. serial killers serial that, that do do that. They right. have a whole he career. Doesn't. Yeah. He's like, and I said, oh, really? I mm-hmm. said, well, I'm happy that I helped you. And and I and I, he's like, yeah, people want me to just sign off on the story and, and that. And I said to him, I said, well, I already knew his story. I didn't know what he was labeled because I have to know who I'm working with. Right. But I didn't put two and two together. No. <laughs> Obviously not because here I am having this long conversation <laughs> with the son of Sam. And I said, I said, um, you know, I said, can I ask you a question? He's like, yeah, you you know, of course you can ask me a question. I said, How, what changed, you know, with this, with what happened? He goes, Haldol. Right. And I kind of got emotional because of what we were dealing with Donovan. Yeah. And Haldol is what? Uh, Haldol is an uh, antipsychotic. Right. And he said, I was unmedicated. Right. And nobody paid attention. And right. I got no, I had no idea. And he was abused. He was abused. And yeah. that's what happens. And I, and I just. Not I, that there's any justification. There's no justification. No justification but for putting New York City no. in complete terror. No. 
But <laughs> but the accountability he has yeah. is this. He doesn't ex- he doesn't like it when people exploit him. Yeah. The second thing is he spent his whole life and he, he's like, I belong in prison. He would never want to get out right. anyway. Right. Is that he is actually very close to all the victims families. Mm. And he with the money he does make on books that he approves, all that money goes to victims because you know, when I see Donovan, right, and I'm not comparing that mm-hmm. my son, uh, but if my son does not take medication, he is a danger to society mm-hmm. and the community. Mm-hmm. My son is capable. Our, our yes. Donovan is yeah. capable of being very dangerous. Yeah. And so it really, it, we were at that cusp of maybe medicating him or not. I remember. And having that conversation, not to say I decided that, but yeah. it was like a real eye opener and seeing how he created a life after what he's a cat. He, the horrendous, the, the, hor- yeah. the, the yeah. torture he has. He's not, he, he he's not desensitized yeah. of what happened. Right. And, I learned a lot yeah. and again, doesn't justify what he did. He neither does he, but I'm just saying that I look at people now. He taught me how to really look at the story of where people come from mm-hmm. and that I say 90% of the time that the reason why we're angry or the reason why we act up is there's always something behind it. You have people that are crazy that, that literally just, there's, they're, yeah, they that just, that, yeah. There's no behind it. They yeah. just are what they are. But we're talking about mental illness mm-hmm. and we're talking about violence and accountability. Mm-hmm. And um, it made me feel accountable as a parent mm. that I have to take responsibility to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a, a real respect for him. And and the craziest, the craziest thing is I worked with a lot of dangerous inmates that, that weren't as friendly and I had to to deal with but uh i remember another episode of there when before you go where they they their cells are mm-hmm. there's a gate that closes <coughs> it opens you walk in it closes and then it opens again mm-hmm. well david berkowitz <laughs> was in that little cage area the door jammed this one opened i went in and then it shut so we were I was trapped <laughs> with the son of with Sam. The son of Sam. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, yeah. Hi. And here we he are. He was like, hi, how you doing? I'm like, <laughs> great. I'm doing great. I said, so, you know, I'm trying to make small talk. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to, but I wasn't nervous, but I was kind of like, so what do you think about all this stuff going on in the prison? He's like, he, he, he was, he looked at me and he goes, cleansing. <laughs> <laughs> the sisters you can follow them on their facebook page for updates visit the website the sisters are in.com submit your questions and they just might be giving you free advice for a dollar laughed and he made me you know feel it is but we were stuck in there for about a good five minutes mm. it's pretty scary but not really it was weird and um it was surreal 
it was surreal. Yeah. It was a surreal experience. Yeah. And since then, you know, I was there for, for a while. There was a respect of an understanding. And I actually got a lot of help with understanding mental illness. Yeah, from from the, from, from, from the, the guy, guy himself, <laughs> from the guy himself. So I feel kind of like yeah, I'm an expert in my field. I think it's funny. There is um, people don't realize that bless, bless you. you. People don't realize that there's a quite a few years between you and I. There's five to six years between yeah. us. So I have very vivid memories of being in Brooklyn during the summer of Sam as a smallish kid. Right. I was like seven. Right eight years old right and um uh you were only a you know a tot you were right. and i also just want to say to the folks at home that you like it's it's there's a couple of things that speak to you about not knowing who david berkowitz is is right. that um you really you really do create a little bubble in your own little life. And that, like, I tell you what television shows yes, to watch. Yes, you do. I <laughs> tell bring me what's articles going, Donna, to you. What's this politician you stuff have, going on? What's you, happening? That you've always been like that. You've only only been interested in what you're interested in that's in front of you, which, right. which I think is a great protection for you because you are so empathic and you um, are clairvoyant, or I don't know if you like to say clairvoyant. That's fine. Yeah, I'm clairvoyant. You are clairvoyant. So, picking up so much other information from the outside world i think that there's something that intuitively you protect yourself by just shutting everything else yeah. out which does create your your charming <laughs> is that what you're calling me charming <laughs> Na <laughs> naivety and so i'm trying to be generous <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> generous right now you want to say so much but the other thing is that when i remember telling you about uh David Berkowitz, what he did, and the terror that he put yeah. millions of people Gosh. in. Um, you really were like, huh, that's interesting. That's yeah. his past. Yeah. It did not change your opinion of him as you knew him. And it w would have changed my, I would definitely, because I had fully admit how judgy I am. Um, it's very, it does, it's very interesting that the lesson that I took from you is that. Um, I take people as they are, like right. at face value. Yeah. I don't give a shit yeah. what they've done in the past right. or who they know. Right. Or, And I think that um, it's probably why uh, I'm very jaded like at yeah. my job. Sure. I'm not really goo goo gaga over the famous people that come in because sure. I just, I actually take people as they come. Right. Which gets me off subject, but it is, it just speaks... Um, it speaks to you and your character and how you really need to just um, sometimes just take people as yeah. they are in that day. And there's so many people that rest on their laurels of the past, oh, which is yeah. why they can be rude to people. Sure. They feel justified in their behavior. Right. Um, and I kind of call bullshit on that in theory. But in practice, obviously, I don't because right. I couldn't act the way I did. Or I couldn't act the way you did right. after discovering who your friend was. Right. And um, it's enough. It's it's you give pause, you know? Yeah. Because there are people out there I tell this story to and they're like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And she still talks to us. She still did. And I was like, you know, as far as she's concerned, this is a man who's worked on himself. Yeah. Being self-aware. Yeah. So this brings me back around. Yeah. Yep. It is an extreme case. Yeah. Example yeah. of being self-aware. 
you know, uh, to bring it back to Donovan yeah. is uh, one of the things that he taught me at the age of um, 12. I watched him uh, become extremely self-aware yeah. when we, you, brought him to the home where he is now. Yeah. And there are, are quite a few low-functioning people yeah. with different variations of Down syndrome. I just want you to know that's what he calls me. Low-functioning. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so Donovan got it for you. When yes. I make him in, he's like, Mom, yes. you are, you are low, low functioning. functioning. My hair is hot today. And um <laughs> and so I remember when you you told me you brought him there and he looked at you and said, Mom, is that how you see me? The first time he went there. Yeah. And you gave him a great um pep talk about yes and no. And just being aware of who you are and how you fit in in this world. He is really happy there as happy as he can be and he one of the things is as time went on after he was placed there and he was very depressed about that he is looking at low functioning and he's high functioning yeah um he like to look at him you don't say oh there's someone with developmental disabilities he doesn't have that physical Mm -hmm. look to it and that's another lesson um and you know he was realizing that the rest of the world saw him like that quote unquote like that he has now learned that that is perfectly great yes and it's amazing watching him transform his attitude yeah about like huh is that how the rest of the world sees me right huh so he almost was kind of put in check about like this is who you are yeah and he definitely became very self-aware at the same time in my life there was an older woman who was um kind of declining in her self-awareness she had no self-awareness of how she was affecting other people she took she did not take any responsibility for the destruction that she was doing putting in her wake and one of the things that uh is one of my triggers to use a overused word these days is that um it's a pet peeve when people say oh this is just who i am oh yeah it's the way i am yeah like take it or leave it yeah tough i'm gonna leave it i'm I'm gonna gonna leave leave it it. yeah i'm gonna leave it i'm gonna leave it and so when people don't take accountability for their actions or things that they say myself included i have a big mouth i say stuff i I had no idea no way no way (laughs) shouldn't say all the time but you know when you or chris tells me you really hurt my feelings uh when you said this and even if i said it blithely um i take that into account yeah and i uh may or may not change but at least i'm aware that uh i've been called out on it you you you're awesome you do you that's definitely a growth spot. I have to say that it's been, you know, that's that's it's hard to do. And it's hard, it's hard to, to do. do. I have to say I've gotten so much better over the last few years having had the example with Donovan. Oh, that's so cool. About how to See be how self-aware. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it seems like there's, um, you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago that there's this uh you know, period of transition going on yeah. right now. Yeah. We see a lot of people in transition and I'm finding that people are transitioning away from me. And the common denominator is their lack of accountability. Oh, that's not interesting. 
I think, you know, when it comes to accountability, the freedom that comes with being accountable for yourself, if people can just trust, like, I had to learn accountability when I stopped becoming a victim. Right. So you can, you can victimize yourself. You can be a survivor. You can be a victim. You could be a martyr. You could be all these things when really shitty things happen to you. And then I realized that I'm accountable. I made choices and I, I didn't maybe make the right choice, but there, you know, for me, there's no right or wrong. It had to happen, blah, blah, blah. But when I started taking it, account- <laughs> I like when you talk about our spiritual beliefs, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to be clear. I just want to be clear here. My spiritual belief, blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> you know, and, and I realized that once I was accountable, I became accountable. It was like a sense of freedom. And it also, I had better relationships with people mm-hmm. because I'd, I'd say, um, I, if I'm working with somebody, I'm like, what, a, what one of my strengths are is that if I'm doing something wrong, please let me know so I can fix it. Mm-hmm. If there's something that I'm bothering you, just let me know. Because the one thing that makes me feel good is to say, you know what, I really could have made a better decision or I said something wrong and I, mm-hmm. and I don't want to make anybody feel bad. And I don't want to take their, you know, I can't make everybody happy either. But the accountability of my life's choices, I love being accountable for them because being accountable is also making right decisions and being happy. Yeah, that's, you're definitely speaking the truth. We're two people who were estranged from each other for a few years. And the only way that we came back together was to hold each other accountable for uh, the decisions that we made and the things that we said. And without doing that i don't think we would have been able to so. have moved I'm so forward happy. i'm so yeah. happy we did that it takes strength but i'm glad we did it yeah it's and worth so it. you know um in speaking with friends and coworkers about accountability um it came up estrangement came up yeah and i think there are a lot of people who are estranged from their families yeah because and that it comes down to that it's like people i'm not wrong I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. You're yeah. wrong. Yeah. It's all on you. Point, point, point. How, how's that working for you? That's what I say. How's that working for you? I've got a good quote. Oh, okay. Sophie's got a quote. Mm-hmm. Hold on Hold one on. You second. need a microphone? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Me the mic. Okay. Okay. Don't get the candle. When you blame others, you lose your control I feel like you Wait. don't have the quote. No, I think she's going to do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> keep, her, keep trying, okay. Sophie. You got this. It's when you blame others, you lose the ability to be in control of your own growth. I like it. That was the quote. I think it's a good quote. Yeah. From where? Something like that. From, from, from I was going to say from... <laughs> From the Snapple cap? I shouldn't have even gotten this conversation. I'm just like under attack. Like it's been five seconds. Five seconds. No. From Pinterest. (laughs) Well, on that note. it was very good. It was very good. Thanks for sharing that. On that note, I think we're going to take a break because when we come back, there's a question that we're going to pull some cards for from one of our listeners. I love it. Where's the sound? That's the other episode. That's not this episode, you dipshit. I hope you were recording that. Don't forget to like our Facebook page and subscribe. 
download and rate our podcast on iTunes and keep posted by following us on SoundCloud. But this one's pretty serious. So Maud asks, my ex and I have a child in common. He is only allowed to see her under supervised circumstances due to drug and alcohol addiction. This is not what I want. I always wanted to co-parent, but he can't seem to get it together. One of the most awful things he does is lie. He is almost compulsive about it. Mm. How do I protect my innocent daughter from this? Even if he becomes sober and stops lying, how do I heal from this? And can I ever trust him again? So those are those are loaded questions. It's very heavy. That is really a heavy topic, but I like it because we are talking about accountability. Yeah. And the one thing that I, what sticks in my head is that we are not responsible for other people's actions and feelings. We cannot take responsibility for him. There's a sense for me, I actually, what's interesting is I can relate to this question because I was in that situation. Yeah. I know uh, Sophie has a daughter with us could probably say a few things. The best thing, when I went through it, I really had to learn to not focus on what he was doing wrong. And I also focused on not pushing their relationship. Because we have the expectation that you're going to push this kid on him. You know, like, it's your father. You should be with your father. He should be doing this. He should be doing that. And what ended up happening is that you set your child up to be disappointed Mm -hmm. and because you're disappointed. So my, I think my advice for this one, there's a lot to talk about with this is that be accountable for yourself, take care of yourself, Mm -hmm. be there for your child. Um, and make safety plans. You know, if you're, if you have a fear of what he's going to be like, you're only going to project that fear onto your child. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of define how you want, to define it like he obviously you have to define what you what to define it you said define twice in a very weird way well i'm trying to say is that he's sick yeah he's sick Mm -hmm. and i think you can't pretend that he's not sick and it's not healthy so you have to make the decision if this is a if this is healthy or not for you and your family but don't push it why don't you pull some cards specifically for her? I'm going to do that. Do you want to clarify what I'm trying to say? No. Mm, no. Does it make sense? Sure. No, this is important. This is important. I want to make sure that I'm being clear about this. But how is how can you... Yes, in theory, it's great. Um, how do you deal with it in practice? Uh, is focus on your healthy relationship with your child and not focus on the unhealthy relationship with him mm. you know it's uh it speaks to sophie if i can be personal for a second is that okay sophie um sophie's about nine years old i made it a point now it's not he wasn't my choice he wasn't in my life the father of your children yeah who i think in the previous episodes we've called him asshole so i <laughs> i wasn't i didn't have a relationship with asshole but i also made it a point to never speak badly about right. him with the kids I never brought my own baggage about him and it wasn't until Sophie was about eight or nine years old that she was real she said to me aunt Anna do you do you you not like my dad do you you know because I never included him but I never specifically said he's not included 
I just didn't include him. Right. Um, in conversations or in activities or whatever. And when he happened to be in the house, I just said hi and didn't really interact and right. just respected right. the fact that he was the father of your children. And I said to Sophie, I don't know. I don't really like him as a person, but I respect that he's your father. Right. And until you're 18, I'm going to continue to do that. Right. And pretty much, I think, on February yeah. 18th, when she was 18 <laughs> years old. She let it all out. Let, let it, it all out. Yeah, yeah, anyway, I, but I, specifically to Maud. Yeah, spe- specifically to Maud. I have to say it's an attachment that you create. What I'm seeing is that you have to, you, what I, I'm validating what I kind of said before is that you have to decide what your family is going to look like what you want it to look like. If you want to push the relationship, it's going to be very destructive. Allowing her to make the decision whether or not she wants to be in his life is a good idea. Because what happens is that our feelings project on the children. And also, we're going to go back to accountability. My relationship with my ex didn't change until he was accountable. He said, he called me and said, after... 15 years of him being not a very nice person finally saying, I finally realized what I did and I'm really sorry for what I did. And he described exactly what he did and I was able to heal from that. It takes time because people, you know, when it comes to drugs and alcohol, that's, that's hard to change. People don't change quickly when they have that addiction. And so to expect him that he's going to be father of the year tomorrow and make those changes is really, it, it might, it might be hurtful. You have to meet people where they are. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you are. I feel like you are. I see that you're doing that. And I think you have to take a chance that, um, to take a chance on yourself that you can do this and you, you, you don't have to co-parent. You don't have to co-parent with him. Yeah. She you, had the expectations of co-parenting yeah. and she had to change that expectation. Yeah. Reality takes over. There are people out there who are going to love your child. You have to yeah. choose your family. Listen, Don has been the father of my children. Yeah. Uh, and, and I wouldn't have it any other way. She's, you know, she's better than any, uh, a lot of fathers I've seen. And sometimes it has to be unconventional. So p- choose people who are healthy. Yeah. The person who you're fucking doesn't necessarily have to be the person who's helping you raise your children. Right. Right. You have to adapt and choose yeah. what's best for the path you're on. That's it. You never know. And you never know that um, there might be someone in the future who could step in and actually do be the person you're fucking and co-parent. I love that idea. Life is long. I think that's a great idea. Maude, you need to do that. I I respect. Absolutely. I respect that dad is dad. I always have. Right. You know, I did it with your children and I respect that. But it shouldn't stifle you. Right. And you have to meet people where they are. and. And adjust your expectations accordingly. And if the fact, you know, in his lying, you have to, you have to take, you have to take that at face value and, you know, assume that he's going to lie. But um, having uh, been in the presence a lot of somebody who was a liar, nobody's in my life right now, but I remember somebody telling me you should, you know, being passive aggressive is not always the best way. Right. But every time you say like, I appreciate you not lying to me. Yeah. When when they actually did tell the right. truth. It's like positive it's praise. T- it's positive, well, it's positive praise. praise. Let's go back to instead of, positive. Instead of 
focusing on that was a lie. You start saying like, thank you for showing up when you said you were going to show yeah. up. Thank you for not lying to me. Yeah. And by saying thank you for not lying to me, you've acknowledged that to that person right. that you acknowledge they're a liar. Right. And you truly appreciate that they didn't lie. Absolutely. So it kind of gives them like, okay, you know, right. you call them out without being a dick. I agree. That's great. Yeah. And I, you know, I also want to just say, I'm really sorry that, you know, you got disappointed. It is no. disappointing and it's heartbreaking, but you know what? I believe that I, be I really, really believe that it's a gift when people are absent and I like when people just don't show up, there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. And if this is a father that is trying, I think that's great too. And again, lowering, yeah. lowering that, Low, yeah. lower the adjusting, ex adjusting your, expectations yeah. and be open to find somebody for you that will be healthy. Yeah. And that'll be healthy for your baby. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to be happy. Yes, that's a perfect place to end. Maud, I do acknowledge that you have uh, two other questions you've written in, and we will definitely address them in the future. Okay. And uh, to anyone else out there that wants to write to us, we'll pull some cards, whatever that might be. And um, we are certainly inspired by people and what they write in and what they write in about. And we'll yeah, take keep it, it coming. There. We love it. Keep it coming. And rate us on iTunes. You oh, have to give us a rate yes. on iTunes and we're going to get on Stitcher soon too and give us some ratings so uh, we can actually, I don't know, pop up and be acknowledged by other people. I love that. So thank you for, uh, thank you for being a part of our uh, round table discussion. Awesome. And um, until next time, next time, make it so clap, right, clap, wink.